1059 The Region. Today's show is brought to you, as always, by Meridian Credit Union. Expecting more for your money. That's wealth esteem. Well, you know, we hope you're having a great weekend. Christine is away today, so our film critic Anne Brody is here with us. Now, Annie, it was all about Game of Thrones and Avengers last weekend. So if, if people don't follow either, they were probably really confused. I'm not an Avengers follower. You love And I'm not a Game film. of Thrones follower. See, so. I, I love Game of Thrones. <laughs> I was one of the people that tweeted well, out the spoiler of, you know, as soon as... You I, didn't. Oh, well, it was all over Twitter. Oh. I wasn't the first. But as soon as you saw the well, most amazing scene ever, it was like, in the dark. Yes, go, yeah, it was very dark. All right. There's been a lot of reaction against that. The cinematographer has come out to say, it's your TV set. It's you. You don't know how to tune it. Well, everything else was just perfect on my TV set, but then I just needed to, you know, have a lighter and go off like I was at a concert and flick it to see if I could make it any brighter. It was, there were some very funny memes that came out of, you know, the action on Game of Thrones, and all it was was a black screen with a, a black, black shadow. Hole, right? Yeah, the black, black hole. hole visuals. Yeah, and it was like, yeah, absolutely nothing. All right, but back to Avengers. Because, okay. oh my God, I have never seen an action film that I loved as much as this one. And you heard about the woman in China who had to be taken from the hosp- to the hospital. She was crying. She was so overwhelmed. She couldn't stop. They had to take her to hospital in China. Okay, that's a tad extreme. But, well, it know. is. But it's, you know, macrocosm, microcosm. It, you can't. How can you fight one point three billion dollars of opening weekend? That's I insist true. you see it, Kate. Okay. All right. Do I have to see all the others first? No. 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 It's a standalone. No. Okay. You don't have time. Well, the, you, why don't you tell us um, who we yeah. have on the show? First? Yes, indeed. Well, the twenty seventh annual Toronto Jewish Film Festival is on now until May twelfth. Mother's Day, by the way. <laughs> Artistic director and co-founder Helen Zuckerman will be here. She's going to tell us what initially inspired her to create the festival and about some of the 85 films on deck, if you can imagine. They all aim to break down racial, cultural, and religious barriers and stereotypes. Okay, and we have Juno Award and five-time Dora Award-nominated artist Johnny Lausanne. Um, she created and performs in the upcoming play Prophecy Fog. It's set in a circle, very beatnik, only 40 seats open per night, some on cushions, some standing. So that, that'll be interesting. <laughs> Personal finance expert Barry Choi is going to tell us why life insurance needs to be part of our financial plan. And we'll talk to Neelam Dahl, an accredited family mediator and divorce coach who has some ways women can emerge from their divorce feeling confident and strong. And closing out the show in our live studio sessions, we have 19-year-old Toronto singer-songwriter Lachlan, who just released her debut album, Relate. And Anne, you'll be back uh, to tell us what to watch and avoid at the movies and on TV this weekend. I will. So stay tuned, and don't forget, you can follow us on social media at What She Said Talk. Check out our website at whatshesaidtalk.com, where you can watch videos, read blogs, especially Anne's, and download our free (laughs) Apple podcast. Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler will be right back. To contact the show, go to whatshesaidtalk.com. I just spoke to a Meridian advisor about variable versus fixed rate mortgages, and they told me that... Variable rates change based on Meridian's prime rate. Exactly. And that... You could pay your mortgage down faster if Meridian's prime rate goes down. How did you know? I spoke with an advisor, too. So, let's get a... a Meridian five-year variable rate mortgage at 2.90%. Totally. Apply today at meridianmortgages.ca or visit a Meridian branch. Rates subject to change without notice. Some restrictions apply. 2.90% APR assumes the typical example of a new mortgage. Now back to What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler. The Toronto Jewish Film Festival has officially kicked off and it's on until May the 12th. Joining us now to tell us all about it is artistic director Helen Zuckerman. And and I asked our film critic Ann Brody to join us for this uh, interview. Helen, so welcome to What She Said. Well, thank you for having me on. Now... You're one of the festival co-founders. Yes. So can you, what was the initial inspiration for founding the festival? I went to San Francisco. San Francisco has a Jewish film festival. I went Mm -hmm. to San Francisco, looked around at all these people that were coming to the festival. They were not necessarily Jews. So I came back, and at that time, Helga Stephenson was running Uh TIFF. 
Mm-hmm. So I went, I made an appointment with Helga and we talked about it. And I said, what do you think about a Jewish film festival? She says, I think it would be terrific. Because you have to understand, in those days, there weren't a lot of Jewish content films making it into multiplexes. You know, I think Schindler was the fir- one of the first, and, and uh, Life is Beautiful, and Sophie's yeah. Choice. But there weren't a lot of Jewish content films. In. So and now we get over 400 submissions every year. So this is the way it's grown. Like well, We how, have films from 24 countries. How many years has it been going? 27, this is our 27th. So 1993? Three. Yeah, 1993 Three. Was, was the first year. 92 or 93. Yeah. So tell us then how the festival has grown. Where did you begin? I, it, was, it was downtown, but now it's... We started at the Bloor Cinema, and in those days the Bloor Cinema had over 800 seats, I think. Now they've renovated and they're fewer. So we were down at the Bloor Cinema. The first festival was five days long, and we had about 32 films, which included, you know, shorts. And we were sold out, constantly sold out. It was amazing. We couldn't believe it. And then as we grew, we took on the JCC, and but we realized we're one of the few festivals that uh, shows films north. You know, not a lot of film mm-hmm. festivals go north. Mm-hmm. We have, you know, the the Jew. Although this is not a festival for the Jews, it's a Jewish <laughs> film festival. A lot of the Jewish people live on the Bathurst Strip mm-hmm. and north. So mm-hmm. we and started York region, yeah. and north New yeah. York region. So we we now are at Empress Walk, which is at Young and Shepherd, mm-hmm. and we're at three three venues down. We're at six venues in total, but the three that we're in the all of the week is the the Bloor, I still call it the Bloor Cinema, the Ted Rogers Hot Dog, hot dog Cinema. Uh. <laughs> you know who your friends are when you know when you, they know what the O'Keefe Center is and, and all the rest of it. And we're at Innes College and Alliance Francaise downtown. And then we're at two uh, Empress Walks uptown. And uh, so, uh, yeah, cinema, uh, Cineplex Cinema, Empress Walk and Cineplex Cinema Young and Eglinton. Was it hard to get Cineplex to buy into this? No. No, no, they're they're very good to us. We're very appreciative of what they do for us, and and uh, Ellis Jacob is a, a great guy. Okay, so there are twenty seventh year. We've said that there are eighty five films, and you eighty five programs, yeah. eighty five. Pro- you were That's very incredible. specific on saying it's you know not just for Jews. No. So is it? Tell us about some of the stories. Well, for example, the, uh, just a, a world premiere that's not even listed in our book because we just got it is uh, Fiddler, uh, A Miracle of Miracles. And that's a film based on the play and the film Fiddler on the Roof. Now, there are productions happening in Japan and in Vietnam about uh, Fiddler on the Roof, which it's a family story. Many of our stories are family stories, and it doesn't matter what family you're from, what ethnicity you are. It's a family story. You know, so, so I, 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 if I were if I were a rich man, is going through, is going through my head. And right every now. every wedding, every wedding plays sunrise, sunset, and everybody yeah. cries. You know? yeah, yeah. So it's it's a universal story, and a lot of our stories are universal. Do you know? I was congratulate you on getting Tel Aviv on Fire, <laughs> which has won all kinds of awards overseas. Yeah. It is tremendous. It's one of the funniest films I've seen yeah. in a long, long time. Yeah, it really is. It finds the humor in occupation. Yeah. If, <laughs> Yes. If, if, if it's you can say that, exactly. but it, right. oh my goodness, it's it's just yeah. A we marvel. were really lucky to get it. So, so you said you have four hundred submissions. So over four hundred. So submissions. how do you curate it down to eighty? There are uh, seven of seven programmers: four women, three men, and uh, we get films to watch uh, and come to a meeting, and we say this is no good. This is good. This is no good. Takes two out of three. And just because I'm a founder, I, I don't have any, <laughs> any uh, two out of three people. And I've only used my veto twice in 27 years, oh, which really? is not, not, not a lot. And we, so we have a discussion. We consider the country it's from, the subject matter. First of all, it has to be a good quality film. That's number one. Um, uh, and then we consider the country it's from and the subject matter. Uh, there was once where we played a film that wasn't as well made as we would have liked it to have been, but it was about a subject matter uh, about the Jews in Siberia. Now, who's ever going to make a film about the Jews in Siberia? So, you know, we use it. And, and I always say that even after 27 years for myself and the programmers, it's always a learning experience. Like I, uh, this year, we've got uh, a Lauren Bacall. Now, who knew she was Jewish? 
Well, nobody really knew that. Um, we've got a film about uh, Joseph Pulitzer, about the Pulitzer oh, Prize. We didn't, you know, uh, Peter Falk with Columbo and, and with one of the episodes that Steven Spielberg wrote, the first episode of Columbo. Really? Oh, oh, for this. Yeah. What about your Canadian comedy series? The Canadian comedy series is part you know, uh, 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 Harvey Atkin was mm-hmm. um we, we worked, worked with, with okay, so yeah. <laughs> probably your listeners would remember him from the leon's commercials the furniture people <laughs> yeah. everybody remembers that not that he was at cagney and lacy or whatever so he passed away a couple of years order. ago yeah oh, was it law and order yeah I he was a judge was, oh. oh no both i think oh, okay. yeah. so he passed away a couple of years ago and his mm-hmm. family established the harvey atkin um uh tribute to Canadian media. We've got our, our director of programming, Stuart Hands, has a way of ferreting out these archival programs that CBC has, City TV, everybody has archival programs. He nags them enough so that they, <laughs> they let them loose and he recreate a, a series. So this, this series, the one of them is, we were trying, he was concentrating on comedy, Canadian comedy in the 60s and 70s. He had a terrible time finding stand-up female stand-up comedy Comics, comedians yeah. in, in the 60s and 70s. So he, he created this program. It's called, um, just, I can't remember the name of it offhand. And it's got, it's got John Candy in it and Gilda Radner, and it's, it's a tribute to women. And, and not only that, but it's got a, a panel after to talk about women in stand-up comedy. So is this the that. event that's prevented by Second City? Is that the yes. Game? Yes. Okay. So that's um, The Girl on the Show. The a video is... scrapbook, 1974 to yeah. 83. It's a free event presented yeah. uh, by Second City with the panel afterwards. And then there's also the Mickey Moore Award, the best narrative oh. feature written yes. or directed by a woman. And tell us about this year's recipient. The, the winner is The Working Woman. Mm-hmm. Michal Aviad. It was. It's a film that uh, deals with sexual harassment on in, in the workplace, and that's very timely. Work. Yeah, we're also having um, uh, a panel on women, the evolution of women filmmakers in Israel, okay. uh, because there's been Israel has probably fifteen or twenty uh, schools, film schools, wow. and there's been a, a great evolution in women. Um, uh, filmmakers and in the quality of Israeli films, like like uh, oh, I've seen Tel Aviv on Fire. There's the some wonderful last films. Couple of years, so um, uh, that's one of the panels that's following voiceover on a Friday afternoon. We have voiceover. Have you got a couple of favorite films from this year? Oh, everybody asks me that, and you know what I say? I love that they're like my children oh, and I grandchildren. Love them all. I love them all, though, but I say differently. Yeah, I love them yeah. all differently. I mean, Tel Aviv on Fire is is okay. you know so so funny. Such a good way to kick off the the festival, and um, it depends what you want. You know, if you want to learn something new, it's Lauren Bacall and mm-hmm. and. Pulitzer and uh, you know if you want to get knocked away I mean I've seen thousands of Holocaust films in my 27 years and this film called Sobibor it oh. just blew me away it's about the escape that was engineered by the inmates so where can people go to get tickets and all the information and to find out what what the other programs are that are, are going with the festival tjff.com torontojewishfilmfestival.com and the program is there. You can buy tickets online. Uh, you can call 416-324-9121 to get tickets. We also, I should mention, we have a website called JFlix, where it's a free platform where you can watch films from old festivals, old films that were sitting on shelves gathering dust. And we got permission, and we paid uh, some of the filmmakers who are delighted that that their films are being used again. Mm, and they're absolutely. free. You can tune in. It's only available across Canada only. Okay. And and they're all there. Films from twenty seven years ago. Okay. So two websites wow. again. First, yeah. first of all, that one is jflix. Jflix.com. I think you can probably access it through TJFF as well. And then that's com. T TJFF, the Toronto com. Jewish Film Festival. And it's not a festival for the Jews. It's a Jewish <laughs> film festival. <laughs> Thank you, Ellen Zuckerman. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you. What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler will be right back.
Let me tell you about my friend Alfred. Alfred has truly revolutionized dry cleaning in the GTA. You see, we're all busy. Some may even say too busy. And Alfred's laundry list of services are here to help. They include wash and fold, dry cleaning, alterations, as well as shoe cleaning and repairs. Alfred takes care of it all. Simply drop your garments off with your concierge or at any Penguin pickup location in the GTA, and Alfred will take care of the rest. Learn more today at alfredservice.com or through the free Alfred Service app. Sign up today and get a first-time discount by entering the promo code What She Said. What she said. She's powerful, wonderful, honest and lovable. Now back to What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler. Well, joining us now in studio is Juno Award and five-time Dora-nominated artist Jani Luzon, who's here to tell us about a theater production she created and performs in. It's called Prophecy Fog, and it's playing May 14th to 26th at the Theatre Centre in Toronto. Welcome to What She Said. Yes, I'm glad to be here. Okay, so this... Prophecy Fog, as I understand, is set in a circle with about 40 yep. seats open per night, but some are on cushions, some standing, so not really seats. Well, uh, they're either seated in, ch- seated in chairs or mm-hmm. they're on, are on pillows on the floor. And why, yeah. why this format for you? Um, we discovered that in the development of the project that it really needed to be more of an intimate setting. Um, circle, of course, is very important in Indigenous community, and so we wanted to look at... Um, you know, creating the piece in that format. And um, and then the beautiful, amazing set design we have, uh, which is really, really extraordinary and fantastic and looks like a number of, and could be interpreted as a number of different things um, with uh, full projection, projection uh, screen on a 20-foot circle on the top. Um, so uh, also determined the number of seats that we had, but... It's a beautiful, intimate, very intimate little show, which is nothing like I have ever done before <laughs> as a performer. So it's a great challenge. To, uh, it, it sounds like it would be. Now, it, yep. it, this this is about your personal journey, um, which is taking your daughter to Giant Rock. And for yep. people who may not be familiar, tell us exactly what the significance is of Giant Rock. So Giant Rock is thought to be the largest, uh, the world's largest freestanding boulder. It stands at about seven feet high. It's about 5,800 square feet of space on the ground. And it has this incredible past and history of what I call the caretakers who have come and um, been uh, or have a relationship with the rock. Everything from the Native American Indian tribes uh, in that area, the Serrano, the Cuija, the Chemaueve, uh, to um, in the 1950s to the 1970s, a man named George Van Tassel who came, brought his family, raised his daughters there. Like it's really in the middle of nowhere. Where, it's where like, is it? So is it's it? in the it's in the east northeastern part of the Mojave Desert by Landers, California, which is north of Palm Springs. Okay, um, and. And uh, really, there's not very much around the rock at all. But it has, it had great, has still great uh, 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 spiritual significance to the indigenous tribes of the area. Um, of course, then the land was taken over by the California uh, Land Bureau. Um, and uh, George Van Tassel, who was very much into ufology, um, had these, like at one point in 1959, 11,000 people came from all over the world to take part in this UFO convention at The Rock. Like it's it's just got this incredible history. Um, unfortunately, today it's covered in graffiti. People go out and party there. They use it as target practice. Um, it's... Uh, it's, it's it's has an interesting intersection now with a lot of um, desecration and and um, yeah, it's 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 in a different kind of place, but it's it's got this incredible history. So yeah, my daughter well, and I went down there. So I mean, th- yeah. the the play starts with the question: Can a site still be sacred if it has been desecrated? It was one of the questions that I was asking myself when I went down. So the beginning of this project, there was an amazing actor named Tracy Wright. She was. A phenomenal woman, an, an incredible Canadian actor, um, Don McKellar's wife. Mm. Um, and one of the things that she really believed in is that when you travel the world, you you become not only a better artist, but a but a more informed person, a better, a, a, a more educated and aware person. And so she travel was a very much a part of um, of what she did. 
And so the theater center created the Tra- Tracy Lake Great Global Archive, which was a residency that was uh, supported by um, a, a number of people uh, financially. And uh, so I was a recipient of, of uh, one of the first years that that residency mm-hmm. came up. And we were asked to choose a place in the world we would go and to ask a question. And so I chose Giant Rock and asked that question. It's informed the work, uh, but it isn't. But it's the work has expanded since then. Yeah. So and expanded to in, include um, maybe determining what your your mother, your indigenous mother, meant when she wrote the words. We come from the stars. We are star people. Right. Why did so, the, where did you find those words, and, and why did they stick with you? So the interesting thing is that my mother actually was not indigenous. Oh, she she not. was um, Scandinavian. She was Finnish and, and Swedish and I, I think probably some other things as well. Um, but in the 60s, in the 50s, 60s, she was really into what at that point was called the occult. Now it's spirituality, and it's, it's got a, just a new name. Um, so she was a uh, she was an anomaly in the te- the small town that we grew up in, and mm-hmm. um, but she had this. She was very creative. She sewed. She she knitted. She made leather purses. She just did all these crazy things, and I uh, she I lost her. She died of cancer when I was thirteen. So when mm. we were going through her stuff, I found this book called The Soul Science and Star People, and on the inside of the cover of this book was in her writing was were these words we we come from the stars we are star people so i um I tried to contemplate i've throughout my life i've been going back and re re-engaging with that question and trying to figure out what she meant by it and i can't say that i have a con- conclusive answer but it's mm-hmm. been a really wonderful journey and i was very close to my mother and i'm very close to my daughter so it's also that um a, it's also the story about passing on information from generation to generation and especially through that female lineage um so then what do you think Giant Rock has come to represent not not for you maybe but but for the world. It's an that's such a great question. <laughs> I think that's in part and parcel partly what my play has become uh, in terms of its its core question. But um, two things for me really uh, have become obvious, and that is that um, it, I did spend some time with a, an indil, a did an. an an indigenous elder named Sam Ozamak. He was mm-hmm. um, Odawa from uh, the Wikwamkong Reserve. And he told me that stones are alive and that they have they are our story keepers. And in fact, they have the knowledge that we have forgotten about our origin, how we came to the earth, um, all, all of our various different uh, incarnations. And that in fact, if we turn to the stones, we would find answers to things that we have. Um, he, uh, there's a great Graham Hancock quote about the fact that we are a, a species with amnesia, that we actually mm-hmm. don't really remember how we started. There's theories, but we don't really remember. And Sam would say that the rocks actually have that information. So I, I grew yeah. up in Australia, Uluru, Ayers wow. Rock. Um, that's you know, correct. Great. So, I mean, yeah. I'm just listening to yeah. you and thinking and understanding the Aboriginal culture as well as I do. Uh, yeah. And what rocks do mean. Absolutely. So I can yeah. absolutely see this. Yeah. What do you hope that people take away from this production? I mean, if anything, I hope that we just um, remind ourselves that the doctrines that we now believe in um, have been great for us, but maybe it's time to uh, try to re-engage with the mineral kingdom, to re-engage with nature, and to actually try to remember on a deeper level um, where we came from. Mm-hmm. And uh, maybe that will help us survive. <laughs> Mm, maybe it will. Now, Prophecy Fog is on, uh, as I mentioned before, from May 14th to the 26th at the Theatre Centre in Toronto. Where can people go to get information, tickets, that kind of thing? So the Theatre Centre at the box office, um, uh, the box office Theatre Centre at the... Yeah, let me try that again. The box office at the Theatre Centre. I'm sorry, I don't have the the, the phone number in, in front of me, but... Um, Okay, so the, uh, the I'm sure that they have a website. They that, do, yeah, that it's all we on the website. Go and, to. Um, it is theatercenter.org. 
there you go. So, and again, and the play is on uh, ABC. And uh, matinees and, and tickets, very reasonable, 17 to $30. Yep. I hope the cushions are comfy. They are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, um, this is awesome. Th- uh, you know, break a leg. Thank you Thank very you. much for coming in to tell us all about this uh, fascinating story. It's a pleasure. What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler will be right back. Still being picked on for being picky? Perfect. Meridian's good-to-grow high-interest savings account was made for you. At Meridian, we say be picky. Order that half-calf, half-sweet, no-foam latte with whip. Try on your whole closet until your outfit is outstanding. And accept nothing less than 3% interest for four months when you open your first good-to-grow high-interest savings account. Meridian, expecting more for your money. That's wealth esteem. Terms and conditions apply. Have you met my friend Alfred? He's revolutionized dry cleaning in the GTA. You know, we're all busy. Some may even say too busy. And Alfred's laundry list of services is here to help. Wash and fold, dry cleaning, alterations, as well as shoe cleaning and repairs. Alfred takes care of it all. Simply drop your items with your concierge or at any Penguin pickup location in the GTA, and Alfred will take care of the rest. Learn more at alfredservice.com or through the free Alfred Service app. Sign up today and get a first-time discount by entering the promo code what she said. What she said. She's powerful, wonderful, honest, and lovable. Now back to what she said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler. And joining us now for Saturday Night at the Movies is film critic Ann Brody. And we're starting off today with Red Joan, which stars one of my favorite actresses ever, Dame Judi Dench. Now she's playing what? A real life. Cambridge physics student circa 1938. That happened? It happened. This is a true story. Now, we meet Dame Judy when she's sitting in her little suburban bungalow reading the newspaper, Mm -hmm. um, and she sees that a a man's died, and he's been revealed as a spy. And she's terribly shocked. And within moments, MI5 is on her doorstep, and they're arresting her on 27 charges of treason. This actually happened to somebody. Oops. And this poor woman's in her 80s, you know, and this is 2000. So they're questioning her. She's denying everything. Um, she, she was a physics genius in Cambridge, and she was sent to Montreal to work on a nuclear program for Britain. And she saw the way things were going in the world. She, she eventually saw footage from Hiroshima and Nagasaki and decided that uh, atomic bombs were wrong. So she took action. I can't. I don't want to tell any more because it's a bit of a spoiler. Well, no, you've hooked me already. I'm definitely good, going to good, good. Yes, good. and uh, it's interesting to see what the way her son treats her. He's a lawyer. When he finds out, he completely abandons her. Um, and only over time do we learn her good intent. So it's not the greatest film ever made, but boy, what a story! And Dame Joan is, Judy is just so great to watch. How is Kristen Stewart in uh, this new oh, film? Oh, my goodness. It's, is it, it's, it's based on Girl, Boy, Girl, How I Became J.T. JT Leroy. Leroy. Yeah, it's just called J.T. Leroy. Okay. And it's about this, uh, this uh, gay prostitute male in, who became really famous, became a pop culture icon in the 80s and 90s, who never existed. Laura Dern plays the woman who actually wrote about him. He was her avatar, and she wrote a series of books on him, on his life, all fiction, passed it off as real. And then she got her husband's sister to play JT, and that was Kristen Stewart. So (laughs) this literary scam carried on for six years. And uh, meanwhile, she she was having affairs with women and men all over the place, but she was mostly trying to keep her her gender secret and to retain some mystery. So she was uh, cagey with the press and all of that. Okay, so so far it sounds like the highlight for me is going to likely be James Jagger playing it. guitar in his cameo. <laughs> oh, he's so handsome. 
Oh, there you and go. And he's so good on guitar. Naturally, he gets the genes. Well, you think, yes. From his dad. You'd think. Now, what about uh, season two of Sarah Richardson Off the Grid on uh, HGTV? You know, I have really new mixed design? feelings about these. Yeah. She and Tommy go up to Cremore, which is where she has her family home, and her mother lives up there as well. And she she found uh, an old Ontario Gothic farmhouse, mm-hmm. paid 300 and something thousand dollars for it, and just threw a fortune in it. So this is going to be the season. I don't know about you, but that kind of conspicuous consumption really burns me. Mm-hmm. It does, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's entertaining, and you learn, and it's inspiring, and she and Tommy are a lot of fun. But it kind of makes everyone feel kind of small who can't afford to even, like, you know, get a new sink or toilet or, or paint the house or do something like that. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's, I mean, I think we all need to be tightening our belts right now. Uh, what's going on on Netflix? Because there's, oh. uh, there's quite a few things. Where yes. do you want to go? With I'm going to start with uh, Extremely wi- ex- Extremely Wicked. Yeah. Ext- shockingly extremely, Evil shockingly and Vile. Shockingly Evil and Vile, which is actually in theaters for a few days. And then it's going right to the Netflix service. Oh, is this so they can submit it for awards? You got it. Okay. They should have learned their lesson a few years ago, but now it's in place. Right. So uh, Zac Efron, do you remember when Zac Efron was announced as playing Ted Bundy? Yes. He's perfect. Is he? He's absolutely perfect. And of course, we all know the story. I'm not going to repeat it, but he was a serial killer in the States, mm-hmm. um, responsible for at least 30 that he confessed to and up to 100 more that they suspect. This is told from the point, it's a feature film told from the point of view of his longtime girlfriend, Elizabeth Kendall, and based on her book. That's a truly scary part. This man could not utter a sentence that was not fiction, pure fiction. He denied it right until the end that he'd mm-hmm. done any of this. And I guess just before his execution, he, he admitted to some of it. But there was always a defense mechanism going on. This is what really scares me. I mean, lying is just so fashionable these days, thanks to Trump. It's just people, you've got to be able to read people, you know, and no one could really read. Read the room. Read the room. Okay, what about Christina Applegate's uh, new comedy oh, series, Dead fantastic. to Me, also on Netflix. It's really good. Oh, you're going to love it, Kate. Oh, you're going to love it. It's just so great. Okay, so Applegate, who's very funny and witty, she plays a woman who's just lost her husband. He was killed in a hit-and-run murder. Uh, she goes to grief counseling, and she just tears the place apart. She's got, she can't stop talking. And um, she meets another girl there who also had a tragedy. So they become friends, and some big secrets come out. But the writing is great. The delivery is great. You just want to be there with those girls chatting. Okay, my new BFFs. Yes, yes. <laughs> All right, we have to leave it there, but you can find more movie and TV reviews <laughs> up right now on whatshesaidtalk.com. Connect with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler at whatshesaidtalk.com. When we think about finances, we usually think about budgeting, debt, and saving for retirement. But mm-hmm. life insurance is usually not something that gets a lot of attention. Joining us now is personal finance expert Barry Choi to go over why life insurance should be something on your radar, on everybody's radar. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Welcome, Barry. <laughs> Good to be here. <laughs> why don't people talk about life insurance? Is it sort of like not talking about a will? It's boring. Right? Is it boring yeah, or is it just it, kind of they think, oh, if I talk about it, I'm, so, I'm going to die? I'm going to die. Yeah, you know what? That's, that's definitely part of it. It's, it's, uh, it's a scary thing to talk about, right? Especially, um, you know, when you think about it, when you're getting life insurance, you're probably dealing with your partner. And who really wants to talk about death? Or, or like you said, a lot of people push off getting a will, um, even though we all know it's an important thing to do. But it's, it's just a scary subject. And it's, it's not something fun to talk about when you can talk about fun things like, you know, what are we going to eat this weekend or where are we going to go on vacation? Well, I find it confusing, frankly. <laughs> it's so confusing, right? Uh, but at the same time, it can be very easy to understand. You know, for people who are wondering what exactly is life insurance, mm-hmm. uh, it's exactly what it sounds. Uh, you you purchase a policy and if something were to happen to you, uh, your beneficiaries would get a payout. And how much you get paid out depends on uh, what kind of policy you're you're buying? Um, so it's very important, and people may say, you know what, I'm young, I don't need life insurance. You know, I'm not going to die for you know 40, 50 years. But we never know what's going to happen out there. You, you could know, get run over by a bus. Well, that's exactly exactly it. And, and you know, 
I, I like to tell people is you need life insurance if you've got dependents in your life. So if you're married and you have a mortgage, the last thing you want is for your spouse or your partner to be all of a sudden uh, trying to pay this mortgage on a single income while mm-hmm. dealing with grief uh, if you were to suddenly pass away. Same applies if you have children. You know, imagine trying to raise a family and people do it all the time, but it's tough to raise a family to have a mortgage and have kids on a single income. Uh, and that's the purpose of life insurance, to pr- kind of protect your loved ones in a worst case scenario. So what kinds of life insurance are there? I mean, how, how do we yeah. break it down? When people are saying, okay, I should get insurance, what, mm-hmm. are, what are the options? So generally speaking, there's two type of options. There's term insurance, which basically is a term you buy for anywhere from 10 to 40 years. Um, and then you you basically choose how much you want to be insured for. You know, mm-hmm. it could be be up to a million. I'm sure you could get even more coverage. And as you can imagine, the more coverage you want, the more it's going to cost you. And obviously, things affect your premiums based on your age. Um, and there's also universal life, which is a little bit more complicated. But, you know, there's tax incentives. There's kind of some financial planning tools aspect to it. Um, so you want to talk to your in- insurance consultant just to figure so out. So what's universal life? Yeah, universal life basically means that you have it forever. Right, so there's no term. Uh, you have it until you die. You pay more, uh, but there are additional benefits, and it depends on your situation. So, like I said, you want to talk to your insurance consultant so you really understand what you're getting and why it makes sense in your your situation to get it over term insurance instead. Is it expensive life insurance? Life, you know, funny thing is, life insurance is not expensive at all, and people don't realize this. You know. Uh, I checked RBC insurance and I did an online quote just for an average female, 35 years old, non-smoker, and they would only pay $18 a month. And that's for like $500,000 worth of insurance. Now, if you if that same female was 40 years old, she only paid $22 a month. So as you can imagine, if you were to purchase term insurance at a younger age, say in your early 20s, only when you need it. I wouldn't recommend it if you don't need it quite yet. Um, your premiums are just lower. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's that simple. So you, and you can lock it in if you've got that. Exactly. Term. That's the whole point of a term life. So if you're healthy in your 20s and you want to lock in 30, 40 years into your 60s, you're, you're set. You're going to pay the same amount. Um, and, and, you know, if you've got health concerns, you might have to pay a little bit more. Uh, but they can sometimes do medical tests. So just because, like, let's just mm-hmm. say you've, you've got a health condition, that doesn't mean you won't be insured. Yes, you might have to pay higher premiums, but it's still worth investigating to find out just in case. So there is a physical involved usually. Not always. And a physical sometimes, it, it really depends. Generally speaking, most times there isn't a physical, but if you've got a pre-existing condition, um, you know, I personally have hepatitis B, so they just wanted a blood test. And to me, that wasn't a problem. I totally understood why it was. Uh, But generally speaking, quite often you don't need a physical anymore. But I know that, for example, uh, smokers... Yes, exactly. Pay more. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So if, if you're a smoker, you would definitely pay more. Uh, if you if you have a disease that um, or a health condition that was inherited, then possibly you know you have to go through it. Um, so so that's the whole point of these questionnaires. That you fully disclose what you have, and you want to make sure you disclose this information because if you don't, uh-huh, you're, can, you're you're come back to haunt you. Could be exactly. invalidated yeah. later. Exactly, and people say, hey, it's okay. You know what? Always tell the truth, in my opinion. Well, my uh, my husband. Uh, has not renewed our insurance. I think mm. he likes to make sure that he's actually worth more alive than dead. <laughs> <laughs> I think he is, right? <laughs> so far. <laughs> or right now. Anyway, um, so it, it's easy to get, right? You can just go in. Yeah, it's, so, it's so easy. RBC has a simplified term life coverage up to $1 million. And it covers you, like, you can choose between 10 to 40 years. And what's nice about it is you can get an instant quote online. And if you decide to purchase it immediately, mm-hmm. all you have to do is really just fill out a 15-minute application. So Everything's done online. So like we said, if there's no weird things where you don't require a physical or blood test, uh, you can do everything online with RBC Insurance now, which is really convenient. When would you recommend that people buy it? Uh, You know, for me, we were talking about earlier, if you've got a dependent. So definitely if you have a mortgage or you have kids, uh, that's when you really, really want to, well, you should have it. There's there's no doubt about it. I always think of my mortgage as a dependent. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, listen, so Barry just wrote a post um, about this on his blog, which is moneywehave.com. So you can find out more there and you can also reach him on Twitter at Barry Choi if you have any questions. Thank you so much for coming in. Glad to be here. What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler will be right back. 
just spoke to a Meridian advisor about variable versus fixed rate mortgages. And they told me that... Variable rates change based on Meridian's prime rate. Exactly. And that... You could pay your mortgage down faster if Meridian's prime rate goes down. How did you know? I spoke with an advisor, too. So let's get a... a Meridian five-year variable rate mortgage at 2.90%. Totally. Apply today at meridianmortgages.ca or visit a Meridian branch. Rates subject to change without notice. Some restrictions apply. 2.90% APR assumes the typical example of a new mortgage. Fear of missing out? FOMO flies out the door when you listen to Lena. Who knew? I hope everyone will know by the end of this segment. Every time you come in, you have such great news to share with us. Oh, thank you. I love sharing great news. Yes, I want everyone to know about it because it is such a great cause. I almost had tears in my eyes. Yeah. It is phenomenal. OMG. OMG. <laughs> Join What She Said Weekends and find out what lifestyle blogger Lena Almeida is loving. What she said. She's powerful, wonderful, honest and lovable. Now back to What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler. Joining us now is Neelam Dahl. She's an accredited family mediator, divorce coach, financial coach, and author. And today we're going to talk about empowering women during divorce and with finances. Welcome to the show, Neelam. Thank you so much for having me. Now, we all know that divorce can be physically and emotionally devastating for some women, while others seem to emerge from the darkness of divorce stronger and more empowered. Why is that? Well, I guess it's uh, different for everybody in terms of how they handle and they cope with things. Some people might be a little bit more equipped to handle adversity than others. Some of us turn the negatives into a positive. And I can tell you my own story is really... uh, So I started out as a chartered accountant, went through my own nasty divorce, learned the system inside out and realized the court system is so flawed and what could I do about it? And so I actually went back to school to be- become an accredited family mediator to help other people get through it in a positive way. So it's really just using your resilience mm-hmm. and trying to do something positive with it. That's not always possible, in, in which case maybe that's the time you decide you need a counselor or some kind of therapist that can help you through the emotions so you can come out the other side in a positive way. You know, I... I, I I I agree with what you're saying because I, you know, we all know lots of people who've gone through divorce and nobody's experience is the same. Sometimes you're left. Sometimes you're the one that's leaving. It depends on the circumstances. It depends on finances. It depends on how well you communicate and what the relationship was to begin with. Do you think the system is flawed in favor of either men or women? Um, Because men think it's it's biased towards women, and women think it's biased towards men. So I hear that all the time. I I hear, particularly from the man's point of view, that it's flawed toward the women's side. I can tell you what you see in the courtrooms these days is really in favor of men uh, having 50-50 shared access to their children. When I talk about the system being flawed, it's in terms of uh, timing. You can, They are so backlogged. To try to get through your divorce alone could take years. And then fairness. Although, you know, the basis of the law is to try to make it fair, oftentimes people find that it isn't fair. Somebody may have contributed a ton of money or purchased the matrimonial home, but the family law says, too bad, so sad, that's split half and half between the two of you, regardless of who, who paid for it. So even yeah. though there are, there are rules in place initially them thinking that that would be fair, it works out that sometimes it's not fair. The other complaint I hear from women, uh, and I've heard this consistently, is trying to collect um, child support payments through the Family Responsibility Responsibility. Office um, that is set up for that, but somehow um, they end up spending years, and you need the rent now, you need the food now, you need the clothes now. And with a reluctant contributor, um, it's not easy, even though it's supposed to be. It was set up for that. It's very difficult. And in fact, when somebody's not paying, what they will tell you to do is call in each month when the person doesn't pay. Call, call, call. And then after a few months, they'll send out a letter and they'll say, hey, sir, you need or ma'am, you need to pay. And then, in fact, if they uh, come back with any kind of payment plan, they're off the hook which again is not fair because you may not be getting paid what you're entitled to. And in those circumstances, sometimes I actually um, coach people when we're talking about divorce coaching. Sometimes it's about peace. 
right? The system is not fair. You're not always going to get what you want. Sometimes you just have to step back and think about, is it worth the fight? Or do I just want peace? Or is it worth going to court when mediation might be? doable. Absolutely. And unfortunately, not a lot of people know about mediation. I was the same when I went through it. I didn't know anything about mediation, which is, you know, part of the process now is to really spread the word. Mediation is so much better than court because first of all, it's not in that official courtroom where you're feeling all stressed out. Um, It's really just the two of you, the mediator acting as a facilitator and helping you through difficult discussions in a calm amicable way as opposed to the adversarial process in court where somebody wins and somebody loses. The goal of mediation is really to come out with a win-win scenario, understanding what each person's interests are and trying to figure out a, a strategy where each of them can have something that they're looking for. So let me ask you this. I'm a woman. I'm not happy. I want to get a divorce. I want to talk to somebody. Should I go to you before I go to my lawyer? And and sort of map out my strategy. Would you be asking me what my husband's character is like or how we communicate or or even to find out the options? Because you're right. I never knew there were options. So I think you should absolutely go to a divorce coach or some divorce professional Mm -hmm. to really understand what your options are, understand who you should be speaking to, think about different strategies. Sometimes, unfortunately, the lawyer might be so focused on litigation that they're not really explaining to you the other more peaceful options. Not always, and certainly I wouldn't paint every lawyer the same. Uh, But it's a great idea to speak to somebody that's a little bit removed from the adversarial process so they can talk to you more objectively about, you know, here's sort of the spectrum of options. There's there's another thing called arbitration, which is basically a mediation, but the the mediator makes a judgment similar to a judge, and that's binding. And the beauty of that is you're not stuck in a court setting for years upon years. This is focused on you. You've hired this particular person, and it's a quick attack. What's the cost difference between going straight to a lawyer, going to court, if you're not on the same page, and going to a divorce coach and then going to mediation or arbitration? So court costs can be astronomical. You were talking about, particularly in Toronto, the average um, hourly rate of a divorce lawyer is about $500. So between the two of you, you're spending $1,000 an hour on legal advice, on lawyers preparing for you, on them showing up in court. And even then in court, you don't necessarily get a specific time. They might say show up at 10 a.m. and everybody shows up at 10 and you're waiting for your turn, which means that that lawyer is sitting there all day until you get your turn and you're paying them by the hour. Then if you compare that to a mediator, first of all, their hourly charge is much less than that of a lawyer. Secondly, you're splitting it between the two of you. So it's a fraction of what you might spend on legal fees. And then similarly with the divorce coach, their hourly rate is much smaller. And because they can help you strategize, you know, you might be dealing with a narcissist and you might not know how to get them to follow along and let's, you know, find a process that works for us. Speaking with a divorce coach who has experience with that type of personality might help you come up with strategies to deal with that person in a way that saves you money. But And you're also helping to set people up for the next phase of their life. You're also giving them advice on that. Absolutely. And and for me as well, because I have a chartered accountant background, I also help people uh, get their finances back on track and, and think through what's this going to look like after the divorce? How am I going mm-hmm. to live? What are my day-to-day expenses? Unfortunately, very often, the woman has given up the control of the finances to the husband. And so when they get to this point of life, she's left thinking, I have no idea what's going on with the finances. I have no idea how to deal with them moving forward. And she's just frazzled. And so that's where somebody like me comes in to sit down with you, set up a vision, just like any anything else in life, whether it's a business or something else in life where you set a vision, you do the same with your finances. And then setting that vision and then setting milestones and timelines and helping them actually achieve their goals in terms of money. You must form relationships with people by the end of this process. I know that I would, if I had been in that situation, I would have would have been a regular thing. So there's a saying that I came across. This is a divorce coach is kind of like a fairy godmother for divorce. Oh, and that's what it is. It's like a phone a friend. Right. Uh, Something's happening. You call up the divorce coach and say, what do I do? As opposed to 
Oftentimes, people make the mistake of using their lawyer as their therapist, not realizing that you're billable paying, hours. Right. <laughs> exactly. You're paying $500 an hour to say, oh, my goodness, he did this or she did that. When instead you could call up your divorce coach, who's a fraction of the cost, who will while they'll listen to you, they will also help you steer yourself into the rational way of thinking to get back on track in terms of getting moving yourself forward in the divorce. So is this something that you need to connect with with you, a divorce coach, as soon as you know it's going to happen? Or if you're already sort of halfway through the process and you think, maybe I need help, can you come? It could be anywhere in the spectrum. could be you know, you're gathering information, thinking about, is this the right decision? Could be, I'm just about to start. I have already made the decision. Could be, I'm partway through this process. We started going to court and we're realizing we're not getting anywhere. What else can we do? Mm -hmm. So how do people um, learn more about you and what you do? How do they get in contact with you? So my website is called simplesolutionsmediation.ca. Um, they can visit me there. All of my handles for Facebook and Twitter and LinkedIn and et cetera are there. Uh, they're welcome to phone me and I'm happy to provide a free consultation over the phone to talk about what the process is and how I might be able to help them. Do you do Skype? Uh, Absolutely. Sometimes consults, people yeah. actually have a client where uh, one person is now in a different country. And the other person is still here. And so we're doing the mediation over Skype. And you can't get out of negotiating because you're overseas. <laughs> <laughs> Neil Dell, thank you so much for joining yes. us today. Fascinating Thanks so much for having me. What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler will be right back. Still being picked on for being picky? Perfect! Meridian's good-to-grow high-interest savings account was made for you. At Meridian, we say be picky. Order that half-calf, half-sweet, no-foam latte with whip. Try on your whole closet until your outfit is outstanding. And accept nothing less than 3% interest for four months when you open your first good-to-grow high-interest savings account. Meridian, expecting more for your money. That's wealth esteem. Terms and conditions apply. Let me tell you about my friend Alfred. Alfred has truly revolutionized dry cleaning in the GTA. You see, we're all busy. Some may even say too busy. And Alfred's laundry list of services are here to help. They include wash and fold, dry cleaning, alterations, as well as shoe cleaning and repairs. Alfred takes care of it all. Simply drop your garments off with your concierge or at any Penguin pickup location in the GTA, and Alfred will take care of the rest. Learn more today at alfredservice.com or through the free Alfred Service app. Sign up today and get a first-time discount by entering the promo code What She Said. What she said. She's powerful, wonderful, honest, and lovable. Now back to What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler.
So joining us now is 19-year-old Toronto singer-songwriter Lachlan, who just released her debut album, Relate. Welcome to What She Said. Thank you. So now for people who may not know, tell us how you got started in music. Well, since I was six, I loved singing. Music was my passion. It's really, I would hope to come home and stand in front of the mirror and literally belt to any Beyonce or Alicia Keys song. <laughs> it was, that, that was my goal. And you also uh, found it therapeutic. Oh, completely. Tell tell everyone what happened if you want to. Well, you know how everyone goes through a certain point in their life where they go down? Mm-hmm. My music has been the thing to really push me through to keep motivated and get me to where my goals stand. Okay. And what are your goals? Not to become famous, but to get my message across to the public as don't sit Mm -hmm. in front of your phone and wait for those influencers to be posting videos for you to just sit there and watch for 20 minutes. Be able to be like, oh, okay, I'm going to maybe make a YouTube video for myself and hopefully grow the audience of yours. So be true to yourself and be Pretty true to yourself much, yeah. and what you do. Now, we, we just heard at the beginning a little bit of your latest single, Sides. So tell us what you wrote that one about. So the Danforth shooting, I wrote that right after that happened. It was, once I saw it on the news, my my heart broke. Mm -hmm. Because guns nowadays are very... Scary. Honestly. Yeah. So I just, right when it happened, I had this urge to just write a heartfelt song, but also have sort of an upbeat to it, to say that everyone can go forward with what has happened, instead Mm -hmm. of making it so... Mm. upsetting now the single comes off your new album Relate so what's the story behind the title so the story behind the title is mainly I hope everyone can because instead of making it very a happy album Mm -hmm. which I really I went through it and thought should I make it a happy album should I talk about such tragic things that have happened Mm -hmm. in my life including you lost your father yeah I lost my father at the age of 15 Mm -hmm. which was pretty upsetting so I decided to just take the route of being true to who I am and who my music will stand from Mm -hmm. from now till forever I decide to keep doing this that I want you to know who I am and I hope that you can relate through every lyric on the album I mean it sounds to me like tragedy served as a source of inspiration completely on on this record Um, that can be fairly negative to a person but when I said that you find it therapeutic does writing these songs and putting these songs out there does it help you get through yeah it really does Mm -hmm. because instead of it's like take it as going to a therapist Mm -hmm. instead of me going to sit into a room and talk to someone about my problems I can actually write about it and make art into it that's awesome. So where can people connect with you online and get your music? Through Instagram at the official Auckland and then also on iTunes and Spotify and all digital outlets. Just write out L O C K L Y N and you'll find That's good. I was about to spell L O C K L Y N and you did it for you. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. That is it for what she said. We will be back again next Saturday at noon right here on one oh five nine the region. Singing us out now, here is Lachlan performing Forbidden.
With all this crazy you saw me, I was believing it. Oh honey, didn't no one tell you who you're dealing with? Yeah, who you're dealing with? Mm. I sat a while, but now I'm more tired from all these questions. They keep on asking me. You thought it was funny, but we saw you laughing. My people are watching. You can't run from me. I'm Andrea Askowitz. And I'm Allison Langer. And we are the hosts of Writing Class Radio, a podcast, but we are so much more. We have writing classes. So if you are looking for live online classes where you can join a community, write to a prompt, get feedback, and get better, check out all our classes at writingclassradio.com. And listen to our podcast wherever you get your podcasts and at writingclassradio.com. What happens when we play outside? We become healthier, both mentally and physically. We become more creative and more focused. We connect with nature, each other, and ourselves. Let's Take This Outside, a new podcast hosted by me, Marianne Iveson, an aspiring outdoor athlete and nature lover. I speak to athletes, outdoor professionals, and scientists about their connection to nature, how it affects their performance and everyday life. Let's Take This Outside, available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, and at letstakethisoutside.ca. Another Sound Off Media Company podcast.